One's from the trailer park, one's from the farm. Rings on their fingers, no babies on their arms. Taking life with a grain of salt and lime. Living, loving, laughing, we're having a good time. Nothing too deep won't tell you how to vote. Two stand up comics with stories from the road. We're cutting up, really ain't no crime. Living, loving, laughing, we're having a good time. All right, welcome, ladies and gentlemen. Here we are. Uh, first podcast from my new home in Hermitage, uh, and uh, I'm here with my guest host, Brian Bates. Excited to be here, Dusty. I'm honored. Brian Bates made it to my house. Uh, prior to this, I ha- had invited him to go to lunch <laughs> with me, and instead of just saying no, he texted me and was like, oh, I can't find it. <laughs> he was like, the address you gave me is not working. I was like, well, you could have just said no. <laughs> Uh, that's a good way to get out of it. I, I just can't find it, and then I just never show up. And then he was at my house in, in five seconds. He's like, oh, I felt, well, GPS is working again. Yeah, it's weird how that happened, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, um, yeah, so I had some barbecue, or I had some uh, brisket at a place yeah. called Turley's or some, I don't know what it's called, Papa Turley's. Pop, uh, is that right? Let's see what it's called. Um, this is always how you start your shows. I worked with this guy this weekend. He was my best friend. Yeah. What was his name? Yeah. I'm bad at remembering names and stuff. Pop attorneys. Pop attorneys. Pop attorneys. That seems like a, an attorney. Pop attorney. Like a, mm-hmm. you know, like a, a, a an old attorney. Mm-hmm. Pop attorney. Mm-hmm. The picture you sent me looks like they do some open mics there. Yeah, they do. Uh, they're they're having, on stage and there's nobody in the audience. They're having live music tonight at 9 p.m. I thought, I mean... That's where my mind always goes. I saw a stage and I thought, oh, I could run an open mic here. Is that why you went? No, I just, no, I went and I ate. You thought about but it. But when I was in there, I was like, oh, this would be a good place to run an open mic. Yeah. Well, I'd never find it. Because I'm sure that that's what that place would love. You know, they're out on the marina. What they need is some people that are about two months into comedy screaming and yelling <laughs> into the mic and saying awful things and going, don't try to censor me, buddy. <laughs> I bet they would say, we've already tried it. Yeah, probably. Uh, they would say, Chad Ryden had one here a couple of years ago. Yeah. <laughs> There's not many places in town at this point that hasn't tried one. That's probably true. <laughs> That's probably true. So I got, you know, I'm trying to get my my setup here. And, uh, okay, good. All right. This is the first time I've done this. We're both sitting in recliners. Yeah. And uh, that one just kicks back. You don't even have to have a handle. Yeah, right. yeah. So we're both sitting in recliners, <laughs> kicking it in in my home. I got uh, a fire going downstairs, so it's uh, not very warm in here. Um, but no, it's fine. I love it. Feels great, and uh, I got a picture. Of, uh, 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 you shouldn't even. You talking about the one I referenced? Yeah, I think you should post it and ask people. To, who that is. Okay. And all right. See what they say. Okay. I have a sign in my in my room here. Micah Dean actually gave me that sign. He found it and gave it to me. I don't know if he gave it to me because he wanted me to have it. Yeah. Or because he didn't because he lived with me for a while and if he didn't want to move it. Oh, I didn't know he lived with you. He lived with me for a little bit. Him and uh and Nikki would come over and uh 
Apparently, they conceived their son in uh, in that house. <laughs> in your bed? In my old in my old room. Oh, how about that? They moved into my old room. Were you there? Uh, probably. <laughs> yeah, probably. I mean, I was around a bit. But uh, so we're here, and uh, it's been a while since I did a podcast. I think the last time I did one, I was in New Jersey. Um, at the Stress Factory, yep. New Brunswick, New Jersey, yep. which is a lot of fun. On the final, one of the final shows, I was doing a joke about, and I don't know if I've said this already on the podcast. I tweeted about it, but I was on stage and I was doing my joke about my grandma's boobs. Yeah. And this guy in a thick Jersey accent, which I can't do, he yells out, I go, I saw my grandma's boobs. And he goes, were they big? <laughs> and I, you, you did tell this. Okay. All He's right. like in his 20s or something, right? Yeah, he was a younger dude. It was hilarious. Yeah. I mean, I loved it. I, I, I was like, I want to finish the joke. Yeah. But I almost couldn't because I just kept thinking about him saying, were they big? So you did, you did like it when he said that. I loved it. I mean, yeah. I mean, let's do a little where we've been, where we're going. All right. Where we've been, where we're going. Where they going? Where they been? Where they going? Where, where they been? Where we're going, where we've been. Um, why don't you say uh, some places you've been lately? Well, let's see. Um, where have I been lately? I did a, uh, did a show um, in Florence, Alabama a couple weeks ago. I, I think these microphones may be a side mic. Oh, like it's this? a weird mic, yeah. Okay. Yeah, all right. <laughs> it's uh, supposed to be in a stand, you know, uh, but we're just holding them. I got, like ice cream I got a real makeshift uh, podcast studio <laughs> here that I'm... Thanks for having me. Yeah, it's, <laughs> yeah, it's a real struggle here. I've been saying I'm going to start videoing it, but I don't think that's ever going to happen. I want to. What's the holdup? I don't know. I can't find anybody that can do anything. Like people, my friend Matt Price does a lot of things for me. Uh, but as far as like figuring out how to get things videoed and how to, I don't know. I just can't figure it out. I don't understand what the. You it, don't, it seems like it would be so record. easy. But I tried to record it with my GoPro, and you've done the, it before. I've watched it. Yeah, I did it one time. Yeah. So what's what was the problem? I don't know. I'm going to get it going. All right. I'm going to get it going. Eventually, it will happen. All right. So, where you been? Let's see. I uh, did a show for. Uh, I was in Florence, Alabama, doing a show for University of North Alabama. Um, it was fun. They put me okay. Up. There's one really nice hotel in Florence. Okay. And I mean, there might be more than one, but everyone told me there's one really nice. And I was like, we'll see. But it was. Really Is it like a local? No, it's like it's a Marriott. Okay, it's got like a big uh, looks like a silo, but it's just like a rooftop uh, uh, restaurant that that rotates around. Oh yeah, I went up there after the show, and they're like, "We're closed." Oh, <laughs> and I said, "Well, can I at least just walk around and just see the view?" And they're like, "Yeah." So I did a circle around it, and um, but I had a good time with that. Uh, let's see, Thanksgiving. I was I did a show the night before Thanksgiving at Zany's with Stephen Bargatze. Nate's dad. Oh, yeah. And that was a lot of fun. A little magician show. Yeah. Yep. He had some stand-up on that, too. Oh, he does stand-up, too? Well, I mean, he had stand-up. He had me on there, and and I guess he didn't have much of stand-up. Okay. It's mostly a magic show, yeah. A magic show where they try to throw in a little comedy. Yeah. They do a little comedy and <laughs> magic. He's very funny, though. Is he? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, he's, he's great. That's what I've learned about magicians. I just thought, well, whoever had the best tricks, but now that I've watched a bunch... 
it's the showmanship and being funny with it. Yeah, it is, yeah. Because who's, I don't know. I don't really like magic. I know you don't. I'm uh, sorry I even brought it up. Yeah, that's okay. But, uh, yeah, it's fun to watch like when they're like entertaining. Like, I don't mind tricks, but I don't really like magic. I, I don't well, get into that. it's all tricks. They're not calling. So, he's so not they, summoning the cult up there. So they say, you know. But he's really good about playing the dumb guy that doesn't even think his tricks are going to work, and then of course they do. Oh know. yeah, I like that kind of. I like that kind of magic show. Yeah, it's really funny. Like I actually saw a guy Marty Polio one time, uh-huh. and he did that. But I think a lot of his tricks didn't work. That was part of the yeah thing for him. Well, he he'll do a thing where. He'll act like it didn't work, and then at the end of the show, he'll even do a callback and show that it did work. Oh, yeah, that's good. Yeah, I mean, he's 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 really good. He's got a thing where he, uh, I'll just tell this one real quick one, where he gets a woman on stage, and he gets her to take her, her wedding ring off, and then he's like, at the count of three, I'm going to make it disappear. And then he goes, one, two, three, pulls the curtain, and you hear, he has a quarter or something that he bounces across the stage, so you hear something just bounce across the stage, and... Everyone thinks it's a ring, and yeah, of course it's not. But um, it's it's a fun time. Oh yeah, so oh so he makes it seem like that he he tried to make the ring disappear, but really just threw it across the stage. Yeah, like it slipped out of his hand. But you right. hear something bounce across. Right. The, so everyone laughs because you hear it bouncing across that wooden stage. Oh yeah, I love that. Yeah, I love that stuff. Uh, there was a guy, Adam Allred, in. Um, I don't know, some part of North Carolina. I forget where it was at. There used to be a club there, Laughing Gas Comedy Club. What is that? Uh, Winston-Salem, North Carolina. Okay. And it's closed. Uh, and he uh, he had some, he did some magic, and he had some tricks where he would say, like, you know, like they, they bring you, he goes, all right, who has a you know a $20 bill? And then a guy would hand him a $20 bill, and he goes, all right, you gave me this, right? And the guy would say, yes. And then he would put it in, he would go, thank you, and put it in his pocket. Okay. And, you know what I mean? There's a lot of that. Yeah. I'll tell you one more. He probably doesn't okay. want me to tell his whole act on this podcast. Yeah, it's all right. But it's very funny. I bet there's not a lot of crossover of the Stephen Bargazzi fans <laughs> with, with mine. He does. It's just so funny. He's like, a lot of people think this stuff is fake. And he takes, pulls out this knife. And he even like pretends like he cuts a couple of strands of guy's hair. And he goes, test this knife. I want you to test it and feel it. Just prove this is a real knife. you know. And, and then announce to the crowd, tell everyone, this is a real butcher knife. And the guy says, "Real butcher knife." And he's like, "All right, hand me that." And then he takes a evidence bag, and he gets the guy to put it in the evidence bag. And he seals it up. <laughs> he says, "This is going to really help me out." <laughs> oh, that's good. It's funny. I like that. I want to see the show now. Yeah, I like that. Well, I hope you can. It's funny. Yeah, I don't, but I don't get into like, um, who are these guys? Like Chris Angel. Yeah. Those guys. That's where it's too far. Yeah. I don't know what they're doing. But there was like one guy who was going around New Orleans. He was going to houses in New Orleans and he would have like a, a, a wad of ones and then he would flip it and they would all become a hundreds and he would give that to them. Wow. And people were freaking out. Yeah. <laughs> I feel I feel like the government will want to get in on that. Yeah. They'd be like, you got that kind of trick going. We're going to need some taxes from you. Yeah. Well, Stephen Bargetti's act's not like that. Oh, sorry. Phone's ringing. It's all right. Prank call, probably. <laughs> probably. I've been getting a lot of... Uh, I like that my phone now says spam risk. Yeah. Because it's like, who's going to answer spam risk? So also, like, so it's like, why, 
just block it. Like they don't show the number. Right. It just says spam risk. I've answered still somehow. You still answer spam bored, risk? If I'm lonely or something. I'll do I guess so. You just kind of talk to some people, yeah. yeah. It's bummer when it's a robot, though, if you're lonely and then it's a robot. <laughs> I, I've ha- I asked one, I go, are you a robot? And, and it said in a very clear robot voice, do I sound that bad? <laughs> I was like, no, you're a robot. Don't try to play this game with me. Do I sound that bad? Yeah, you sound like a robot. I didn't say you sounded bad. Have you ever done that, though, telemarketing? No. I haven't either. But I don't, I mean, they obviously know what they're doing. But it's, I always wonder, it just seemed like it would be so much more efficient if they didn't. Every time I answer one, you always have to say hello a few times. Oh, yeah. Before they actually pick up. Yeah. And so it's just such a dead giveaway right there. Yeah. And also, yeah. I mean, they'll, they'll, they'll pronounce your town name wrong or they'll pronounce your name wrong or they'll always do something. I've had this guy, since we've moved into this house, people come by here now and they'll, they'll want to sell us things. Really? Like a security guy came by and, uh, you know, we may or may not have a security system here already. He doesn't know. And, uh, he keeps trying to sell us on this and he came once and, and, and like talked for a while. He's a pretty nice guy. He's like, do I know you from somewhere? And I'm like, this is clearly a sales tactic, <laughs> right? I'm like, I don't know. I don't. He goes, no, where, where do I? And he kept doing that. Like, it's like, all right, dude. Like, part of me wants to go, you've seen me do comedy. <laughs> but <laughs> oh, enough. Didn't you just want to tell him? Right. But I was like, I know it's a sales tactic. He's trying <laughs> to be like, do I have something in common with this guy that I can talk to him about? And then he goes, you mind if I step in for a second? And then he's like, it'll take me. Uh, two minutes and then 15 minutes later I'm still talking to him yeah. and then I go you know we're going to think about it and then he comes by another time and drops a card off when I'm not here another time he comes and drops a card off and then one time the doorbell rings and I go out and I flip on the light and I see it's him and I audibly go oh jeez <laughs> <laughs> yeah I think so and then I open the door and it's so weird but I'm just like it's like, dude, this is the fourth time you've come by here. Like, I told you I'd call you. Oh, man. And then he's like, do you not like what I, the product that I'm selling? And I'm like, listen, just... But they want to install cameras and voice recording devices <laughs> in your home. And I'm like, the, the, the cable tried to do that. The cable company was like, yeah, we can sell you a security system. You'll have a camera right inside your home. And I'm like... Nah, I don't want the cable company with a with a camera. I just keep envisioning he's super paranoid Rob Lowe. Yeah. Looking out his window and the government's listening to him through his cheese. Well, that's what, I mean, I just, you know, all these things are probably listening to us, but anytime they're like, yeah, we want to install a camera inside your home. It's like, nah, <laughs> nah, I, I, yeah, I just want to, I just want to think that when people open the door, it, it it's real loud mm-hmm. and it freaks them out. What about one of those ring doorbells The now where you can see the camera? Oh, I wouldn't mind a camera outside. Yeah. I'm okay with that. I just think it's it's so funny that you, he was like, do I know you for somewhere? And he, there's a good chance he maybe really did, but you're like, nah, this is a tactic. Well, well I, I fall prey so many times. People say, don't I know you from somewhere? And I'm like, oh, I'm sure you do. I do come. And like, nah, it's not that. Yeah. Well, see, that's it, too. I don't want to say that. I don't want to say I do comedy and then yeah. they go, no, I don't think that's it. Yeah. Cause then, but it's like, um, I knew what he was doing. Like I eventually did tell him that I do comedy and then he starts going, Oh yeah, I know everybody that works. At, he starts listening off 
you know, people that own Zanies and mm-hmm. their family members. And I'm like, okay, I mean, that's great. It's great that you know those people, but yeah. I don't, I'm not trying. And then another guy came by trying to sell us windows. Hmm. All right. So that's where I've been. <laughs> I've been, I've been to a lot of places since then. Let's see. Uh, since the New Jersey weekend, I, I've been to, uh, let's pull it up here because I got some fun stuff. How far back was I supposed to go? This makes me look bad. No, no, that's okay. All right, yeah, no. So I went to um, uh, uh, Falls City, Nebraska. I uh, went out there. I um, I flew into Omaha, Nebraska, and then a guy, Chris Covey, picked me up. He lives in Omaha, picked me up, drove me out to Falls City, and then he opened for me at this show. Okay. Falls City is a very small town, and uh, it's where my agent lives. And uh, her husband uh, farms soybeans and corn. And uh, it was great. I mean, they put me in this really old school hotel, but really like a lot of character, really nice, fun. Uh, And then I did the show. The show was really great. Everybody was nice. It was in like a high school auditorium, Catholic school, Hmm. uh, basketball goals out there. You know, the kind of basketball goals that lifts up. Yeah. And then you can in it. And uh, it was in the gym. It was in the gym. It was uh, not optimal for, I don't know if optimal is a word, but it was not optimal for comedy. Because that's what my show was at, for that show down at University of North Alabama, in a huge gymnasium. Yeah. It's hard to, at the beginning, I was like, I don't even know if people are laughing or not. Yeah. And as it went on, I was like, okay, all right, I'm getting laughs, so mm-hmm. I'm fine. Yeah. I mean, I, I mainly was concerned that I'm like, my, this is, my agent has put this show together for her, this is, her kids go to this Catholic school. Mm. So it was a fundraiser for that. So they had me, and I was like, man, if I bomb out here, not only do am I just bombing and hurting my own confidence, right. but I'm looking bad for my agent yeah. here. And not even, like, I'm looking bad doing a show in front of her, but also she has to live here. Yeah. And now now her people are like, oh, that's who you represent, huh? Yeah, but it went great. Good, good. It went really great. I had a good time. And then, um, you know, they're, they – had some friends cook me dinner, right? So I went over to a couple's house and they cooked me a steak okay. uh, and corn that my agent's um, husband had farmed. In Nebraska? In Nebraska. Okay. And it was delicious. And then they told me about the hotel. They told me that this local guy bought the hotel and then got everyone, got like all the like prominent people of the town and got them on a bus and drove around. They like drank all night on the bus, and then they each gave them each a hotel room for the night. And then it, they named each room after the people. Very exciting. Huh. All right. And then there was a, uh, a bar across the street called the Wood Eye, but like W O U L D. I do love that. Yeah, the Wood Eye. <laughs> I already love this place. Yeah, it was great. I mean, I, I was into it, and uh, and then you know it's pretty. And then uh, I saw a lot of Nebraska that's still flooded. I mean, it was flood. They flooded earlier this year, and a lot of it's still flooded. Really, like entire streets are still covered with water. Hmm. So then the next week uh, was Thanksgiving. Yep. So I went home to Alabama for one one day. I just went home for one day to go to. Uh, my dad's side of the family does a does a big Thanksgiving every year. Yeah, lots of food, very exciting. Uh, you know, 
all the everything. I mean, Hannah, the first time Hannah went, she was blown away. She'd like, I had never seen this much food before. Mm-hmm. And they get into it. And uh, it's great. And now that, you know, I've been on TV a couple of times, my, you know, a lot of my family likes having me around. Not that they didn't <laughs> like it before, but like, you know, I'm the only like long haired dude hanging around. And, you know, I just kind of, and for a long time I was single. So I'd just be showing up alone, long hair. And now, you know, now I'm married. I've been on TV. It's like people got stuff to talk to me about. Hmm. My aunt Kat always makes me these cookies, these tea cakes. And, uh, I don't know why they're called tea cakes, but man, they're delicious. Well, I, uh, um, I went home for Thanksgiving as well, which is a lot closer than, than you. We always go to my uncle's for Thanksgiving and then my mom's for Christmas. That's the, the family plan. Okay. There. So my uncle has, uh, he's got one of these TV. First of all, he doesn't have, he just has an over the air antenna. Okay. So you get over there. And, oh, yeah. And, uh, and we're like, uh, is the game on? He's like, well, first of all, he's bragging about how clear the picture is. And I'm like, yeah, it is clear. I said, is the game on? He's like, well, I don't get 17-2 right now. <laughs> <laughs> he said, the wind blew my antenna. He said, how about this? How about I go out and adjust the antenna and you stand by the door and give me a thumbs up or thumbs down. Oh, man. Coming in. We're going back to the 80s here. So he went out there and we played that game for a while and I kept giving the thumbs down. And then... Uh, but he got Channel 5, so then the game was on, like, the second game was on Channel So now we're watching football. But he's got one of those old box TVs, like the square ones. Oh, know? yeah. So every time the quarterback dropped back to pass, he would just leave the screen. He would just disappear. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> and then you'd see the ball zip across the screen, but the receivers downfield, it would also, you couldn't see them. Oh. You'd just see a ball go across the screen, didn't know they caught it or not. Wow. So you got to judge by the audience uh, in the field to see if it's good or not. Yeah. yeah, so we didn't see the guy pass it or the guy catch it, but we saw the ball go across. So that was, uh, that was my Thanksgiving. Well, that's a great time. I mean, I was at Thanksgiving, and, you know, I'm hanging out on the porch with some guys, uh, like a screened-in porch, and I, we're talking. You know, we're having a good time out there, yeah. and um, – uh, we got the game on, but I had turned the volume down so we could talk to each other. Like, like I like to watch football, but I'm at a family gathering. I also want to be able to talk to people. Mm-hmm. And my dad comes out there and sits down and turns up the volume <laughs> way loud. And he's like, oh, there we go. <laughs> and it's like, dude, like you, you get to watch football anytime. You don't even care about this game. This is Detroit and the Bears. You don't care about this. There we go. And... But he jacks it up. I just yeah. left the room. I was like, yeah. I, don't, I don't know what you're doing. I'm, I'm trying to talk to my cousin that I haven't seen in four or five years. Well, I wish I was there with him. I would have watched that game. That's the one I couldn't see. Uh, I would have watched the dog show. <sighs> so, all right. So after Thanksgiving, I drove home that night. I drove home Thanksgiving night. Next morning I got up, I flew to Vegas. Okay. Was Hannah with you, by the way? Uh, Thanksgiving, not Vegas. Okay. All right. I flew to Vegas and... Uh, I landed in Vegas. I was very tired. I drove five hours to Alabama one day, five hours back, got on a plane, flew to uh, Las Vegas. And so I got to my hotel room. I op- I was opening for Kathleen Madigan, yeah. and she had given me a per diem for the room so I could get room service. Nice. So I, I sat in bed. I watched uh, uh, the TV show with Tim Allen, Last Man Standing, yep. I think. I had never seen the show before, and it was on, and I ordered a steak, and I was like, you know what, I'll watch this. And the first, like... 
15 minutes. I was like, this sucks. And then I ended up watching like six episodes. Mm. It's like, it just reminds me of Home Improvement. I was like, oh, right. Jay Leno was on there. I was yeah. like, oh, this is fun. Yeah. And, uh, and I watched, that's what I did in Vegas. I watched like six episodes of a sitcom <laughs> and ate a steak. And then I went and did a show at the Mirage. Uh, the show was great. Was All right. a, and, uh, and then I walked around the casino a little bit after, and people kept recognizing me from the show I just did. Right. But it wasn't, like, cool. Like, none of it was – they were, like – they would see me, and then they would trap me, mm. but then there was no conversation. Like, I couldn't talk to them. They would just be like, oh, man, that was awesome. And then I'd be like, you know, try to talk to them a little bit, and they're like, oh. And it just was so weird, like – and then they were like, oh, you were so funny. And I'm like, well, I'm headlining, you know, Jimmy Kimmel's comedy club here in about a month because mm-hmm. I am. And they were like, you could see that, that, that they were like totally did not care. Well, they, they're probably not from there, right? They said they were. Oh, okay. One couple did. They said they were there from right. there. And it's like they just kept telling me how funny I was. And I was like, hey, I'm doing a full show here. Yeah. And they had no interest in that. Yeah. And uh, that's so funny. Why is that? I don't know. That happens a lot. Yeah, it's like you put them. They'll say how funny you are, and then you put them on the spot, and they're like, "All right, you, you've called my bluff." I yeah. Don't care. And then, uh, so what? That was last weekend, right? Yeah. All right. So, what about you? Is that was that last weekend? Yeah. Wow. Okay. What about you last weekend? Uh, Thanksgiving weekend. I I had no shows. Oh, great. That was it. Well then, so then I flew back from Vegas the next day, hung around here for a couple of days, and then Tuesday morning I got up at like 4.30. I actually woke up at 2 a.m. because I couldn't sleep. And I flew to Los Angeles, and I did the David Spade show, Mm -hmm. uh, Lights Out with David Spade. Mm -hmm. I got there pretty early, uh, rode a scooter around L.A. a little bit. Really? Yeah, it's pretty fun. Which kind? Like the Lime scooter. The Lime? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I kind of scooted around a little bit. And, uh, cause I was way early to the show. Yeah. So I got, I, cause I didn't want to get a hotel. I, I actually flew there the, in the morning. I did the show and then flew back later that day, but I got there way early. So I just kind of hanging out. Rob Lowe was on the show. Yeah. Uh, I watched it. It was great. Annie Lederman. Yeah. And, uh, they were all very nice. Yeah. And very fun. They only showed one clip on social media, though, which I was kind of bummed about because I, I had some I had some good moments in there. The last time you were on there, which was just a few weeks ago, <laughs> I was listening to your podcast. And you're so funny because you said you, it was a uh, guy. Was it a guy? Guy Branham. Branham and uh, uh, well, now I'm Vanessa Byer. Yeah, you said I think she was on Saturday Night Live. Oh yeah, which is just so funny the way you said it because. He's like, I still don't know. Oh yeah, well I don't know. I don't. I haven't watched that show in a long time. <laughs> it's just funny, like y'all never like discussed it, or they didn't introduce her, or I guess they. Did. Yeah, I mean, we didn't talk at all. Like yeah. I talked to Guy. I know Guy a little bit. I've been seeing him around for a while, and I talked to Annie a little bit before the show. But yeah, there's really we all have separate green rooms, mm-hmm. so they kind of like we see each other right before we're about to go out. They weren't on the show together. Yeah. And then maybe we'll see each other after, but yeah. it's all, uh, all of our talking is done right there. That show is, um, it's a little bit more edgier than your normal act. Yeah. I, but it's like, you know, when it, Comedy Central, I feel like everything I see with Comedy Central, it's like a sex joke yeah. gets you on TV. Yeah. 
regular jokes don't get you on TV. If you do a sex joke, they'll show it. Right, right. Well, it's it's at midnight. It was a little bit like that too. They definitely yeah. want you to go that direction. And I posted about you know watch Dusty on and. Uh, you know, my mom's a big fan of yours. Oh, no. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> and I don't know if she saw it or not, but when I was watching, I was like, I hope she did not uh, watch this. I hope this. not, too, because your mom's so nice. <laughs> and I think a lot of it, quite frankly, might just go over her head. Okay, good. She might not, but she definitely gets the innuendo, a, yeah. lot of, a lot of those. And I was like, I hope she's not watching this. Well, that's what, yeah, I mean, I'm like, I got a lot of family that watches stuff, too. Yeah. And I'm like, I hate, but I'm like, I want a, I want a clip that makes it on the air, you know? <laughs> like, I mean... Everybody gets their sex jokes on, and then I have like some regular clever joke. That, well, you had no choice. Even the top, the subject matter was oh yeah was bleaching buttholes or oh I know guy oh, masturbating the, out in front of a, I can't remember now. But. Oh, I did a lot of things, didn't I? I did, I did. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, all the topics that's what they were. Yeah, like bleaching the buttholes. It's like yeah. Uh, <laughs> I was just watching the guy. Oh, my mom went went on to bed tonight. Yeah. <laughs> 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 yeah, me too. It's a little bit different than that Grand Old Opry experience we me had with you. Too. Yeah, I mean, but it's like I watched Nashville Squares. Yeah. My dad had recorded Nashville Squares. She watched that too. Okay. And okay. she loved it. Well, I had, yeah, I mean, that's because I, I didn't do any sex jokes and I didn't get any jokes on TV. Mm. Because my dad had recorded it. So he, he, he was like, you want to watch it? And I said, no. And Hannah was there and she was like, yeah, I want to watch it. Yeah. So we watched it and it's like they cut every single joke of mine i even the question uh they had wrote a joke for me right when they asked me a question even that joke they cut huh well she told i didn't see that but she, my mom said i watched it i said how was it and she said well dusty wasn't on there that much but at the end he got to do like the way she explained it maybe at the end it was you and someone else well they called on me uh-huh you know for my answer and then like um, who is the lady in the in the middle that everyone seems to like? Um, oh, now I can't think of her name. Was it Dina Carter? Was it? No, not Dina Carter. Uh, I wish it was Dina Carter. I don't know. I didn't see the episode. My mom was giving me the play by play. Maria uh, is it Maria? You know, she's like the lady that she does a lot of stuff in Vegas, and then she was on the original squares is she a comedian a singer she's a singer she does a thing with either oh maria osmond maria osmond yeah yeah maria osmond. Yeah. yeah yeah she like tried to like like turn me on with the key or whatever like she was like, uh-huh. like she was you know trying to crank me uh-huh and uh but uh i don't know what that means but okay you know like you're trying to crank a car yeah so she had like a big key and then she was poking me with it like acting like she was okay we had a good time all right you know? <laughs> well, are you gonna be on there again uh, I don't think so. I mean, I don't know. I mean, if they ask me to do it again, I'll do it. Sure. But, um, yeah, I just wish they would uh, let me have some jokes. Yeah. Like, I don't know. I don't I don't want to criticize the show, but I, I felt like that all jokes, all shows like that should just be joke heavy. Like, I feel like nobody cares about anything but the jokes. But maybe that's all I care about. Right. For all I know, the show could be getting rave reviews right now. Yeah. So I flew back from uh, L.A., and then uh, that same day, I flew overnight. First time I ever did a overnight flight. Ooh, a red eye. It's terrible. I mean, it was kind of great because I got to sleep. Yeah. But what a bad sleep it is. Mm. I woke up, I felt like I had had a stroke. Like the left side of my body was numb. Uh-huh. I was like, oh, that's not good. Yeah. What time did you get home? Uh, 5 a.m. Oh, okay. 
That's a long day. It is a long day. Yeah. Yeah, I woke up at 2 a.m., got home at 5 a.m. the next day. Were you good on those Lime scooters? Yeah, I love those. You've done them before? Yeah. I, uh, you know, they're all around where I live, and I'd never done them. Nate and I were in D.C., and he's like, let's take these Lime scooters. And I embarrassed myself. It was harder than I thought. Oh, yeah? I'm just not very coordinated, I guess. And then last night... Well, what was happening? What, what do you well, mean? Well, I just... I couldn't... Were you falling a lot? I was very... I mean, I'm riding around D.C. It's rush hour. I'm like, I'm going to kill myself or someone else. I either was so concerned about how fast I was going or just even steering it straight. I mean, it was, I was having a lot of problems, Dusty. Well, I, you know, I, I uh, sold my car in 2012, and I rode a bike for two years. Well, that's probably my problem. I never rode a bike. Yeah, I rode a bike for... So I am on it. Like, do you think that helps? I think so. Yeah, I think so too. Yeah, that, basic thought, coordination of the. I mean, it's like it seems basic, but if you're not biking a lot, you know. I mean, they say once you ride a bike, you never forget. But I don't even know why people would say that. Yeah. So last night I was is about eleven thirty at night, and I was walking back to my place, and there's a lime scooter just there parked, and I thought I should practice. It was a nice night. I should just get on this thing and practice <laughs> by myself. Yeah. And I mean, I already had the app and I was about to do it. And this couple came walking along and I, it just, it startled me. And I was like, nah, I'm just going to go on home oh, and, and do it. We got to go do it. I think this needs to, we need a video of this. Oh, Nate posted a video on Instagram making fun of me. And, oh, okay. and it was the most views I ever had. Of, but unfortunately, it was me just embarrassing myself. Yeah, I'm great at them. I mean, I did a, uh, with the Opry, we did a thing, and uh, I, I rode down this bridge downtown, like the walking bridge. Oh, I think I remember that. I just rode down, and then I, uh, I, yeah. don't know what, I don't know what you would call, but I kind of like skidded to the side. Mm-hmm. It's pretty sweet. All right. Yeah. I'm like a real trickster on them. What I don't do well on is things that move under your feet with no handle, like like a skateboard mm-hmm. or, 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 uh, um, I don't know. They have these little things. I don't know what they are, but people can, you can get on them and they're motorized. And yeah. Just, I know I what you're talking do, about. I do not like that at all. Yeah. Like hoverboard type things. Yeah. They call it a hoverboard, but there's wheels. Yeah. I know. It's like, it's like, we're so desperate for a hoverboard. We're like, this is a hoverboard. Yeah. All right. So then this, um, today is Friday. Tonight I'm doing the Opry. Uh, okay. At the Ryman. Yep. Uh, which is exciting. Uh, last night I went to a Predators party, Nashville Predators. I was invited there because I uh, did a gig with them earlier this year. Mm-hmm. And so a lot of the Predators were there. Uh, predators are the hockey team here in Nashville. Mm-hmm. People don't know. And they told me that since I had done the gig there earlier this year, they've been saying we're having a good time and they have some t-shirts that say we're having a good time the players the players nice and after the game if somebody wins like the mvp or something they have a hat with hair on it that they put on really yeah that's what they said that's great yeah so i got to meet a couple of those guys uh hang out that was fun and i saw I your went, picture there were people dressed up like kingpin yeah that was my team yeah yeah, it was pretty fun. And I had just watched The Big Lebowski yesterday, the day before. All right. There so you I go. felt like the whole time I was out there, I had that Bob Dylan song in my head. That la, 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 la. <laughs> yeah. La, la, la. The man in me will do. You know that one? No. Okay. And, uh, <laughs> uh, um, but uh, so then I went to the Nashville Palace to do a corporate gig. 
Oh, you left the bowling to go to... Yeah, I had to, had to leave early, which okay. was too bad. All right. I left uh, and uh, went to the uh, Nashville Palace, which I had never been to. But wow, what a place. Yeah. That's where I would hang out. I think if I were still drinking, that's the kind of place I would be hanging out in. Not downtown. Yeah, that place is pretty legendary. They've had some... some you know, they still have great shows there. And I've done some shows there, but they've had... In fact, I just got through watching that documentary on country music, the Ken Burns one. Oh, yeah. And it was great. And I think they showed a scene from the Nashville Palace. Oh, yeah. See, that's where I would be. I mean, that was that's my kind of joint yeah. right there. Not, I mean, downtown is fun, but I mean, like, whatever has happened recently, mm-hmm. just with the bachelorette parties and the amount, I mean, it's just, it's too much. Yeah. Like, I'm glad it's happening. I'm sure the bartenders are very happy with it. But yeah. uh, Nashville Palace, that'd be the spot for me. Yeah. And uh, so, but what a rowdy, that's the most rowdy corporate gig I've ever had. Like, they told me they had never had comedy or music for their employees before. It wasn't the Nashville Palace. It was a separate company that hired me. Okay. And so I was following a band. So the band played, and then the lead singer introduced me. Oh, man. So then I go out, and it's like, there's the floor where a lot of tables are at, and people are sitting there. Yeah. But then they're off to the left of me is a buffet where people are still helping themselves to. To the right of me is an empty section, and then behind where everybody sit is the bar, and people are actively up at the bar. So the floor is quiet where people are watching me, but all around them is talking. And then the company that hired me rents sound equipment. Is this a Christmas party? Uh, yeah, I think so. Okay. There was two Santa Clauses there. All right. And uh, so they had this, uh, uh, you know, they had the best equipment, but... They had the monitors pointing at me, yeah. and I was so loud that I couldn't tell if I was actually how, – how well they were hearing me out in the audience. Yeah. And then there was like a little bit of fog, and the lights were on me, so I couldn't even really see the people. And I did an hour just – An hour? I did an hour, yeah. I just – I don't know. I got into it. I mean, to me, it's pretty fu- – it was a fun show, but it felt more like uh, – a bit more like a bar show yeah. than a corporate gig. And I what don't was know. there fog? What's that? Do you say there was fog? Yeah, I don't know if they had fog machine. There's no smoking inside. <laughs> okay. I mean, I even took off my glasses one time to just see <laughs> if my glasses were real dirty. <laughs> That's what I was about to suggest. I think that was you, Dusty. No, because I, I said that a couple of times. I would say on stage, I said, uh, is, is it foggy in here or am I on drugs? And uh, Every time you mention a buffet line or anytime I think about one, I have flashbacks to that Hunt, Huntsville gig we did. Oh, man. Yeah. That was the worst. Yeah, did we talk about that? I'm pretty sure we did, but Probably. we did a gig in Huntsville one time, a corporate gig, early on. This was not – I didn't have my agents or manager that I have now. So yeah. it was uh, – I was – I mean, all the gigs that I get now are better than this one. But we went down there. Brian went with me, uh, and he drove, and we got down there, and it was a full room of people, giant room. They had a wireless mic. And then we were coming through the speakers on the ceiling, like, like if you're if you're making an announcement, like if the principal's making an announcement at school, that's what kind of speakers we were coming. Okay, through. I don't even remember that part. Yeah, I mean there was no speakers on the floor. We were coming through the All intercom right. speakers, okay. and there were giant circular tables. People were at a business conference. This was their lunch break. Yep. So they were getting a break from listening to people talk, and they had us in a room with no stage, 
and uh, oh gosh, and the uh, people are getting their food. They're sitting down to eat. Half of the people have their backs to us. They have no idea what's about to happen. Oh, the yeah. boss gets up on the mic and says. All right, guys, uh, we got a little comedy for you this year. Let's get your first comic up here, Brian. Yeah, I feel like the mic. Did they just. Wasn't the mic not working properly? It, they had well, to it's the speak, it. it was those speakers. They yeah. were just not good. Just not good. It was for a hospitality service, I think. Uh, but this, they weren't very hospitable. No, and they would not stop talking. No. They, and then through Brian's whole set, and then I got, you know. Always in my head, I'm always thinking. I'll get them. Yeah, I'm always thinking that. And then I got up there, no one paid attention. I think, you know, I might have gotten a little attention from people just for the initial changeover yeah. from one comic to another. Yeah. But immediately they were done with me. And then the worst part was I, I think I was supposed to do 30 minutes. Yeah. And I was 20 minutes in and. People just start getting up from their lunch yeah. and walking out. Yeah, I'm and 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 I'm like at this point I'm so checked out to it, but I'm just like I'm the entire room clears out <laughs> and I'm still talking. You would not stop. I'm like I'm doing my time. And I was over the corner like Dusty, <laughs> just stop, please. To the point where finally it's just people in there vacuuming. And clean like, tables, and Dusty's talking. Didn't the boss finally say, we need yeah. to wrap this up? Yeah. <laughs> I was like, I'm doing my time. Yeah, you definitely took it a different approach. I'm like, I want to get done as soon as possible. And you're like, nope. Well, I feel like this is a thing that happens to me, right? It's like, I get up, if I start a gig, and it's going well, great. But if I can tell that it's just not going to go well no matter what, yeah. I get into a different zone. Yeah. I get into a zone of like, I'm doing this comedy at you now. I'm not going to yell at you, but but you not paying attention to me is now it's this going to be your punishment. Yeah, it's a contest for you to see if you can do it. Yes. Yeah. And uh, yeah, so National Palace was definitely not like that. And then my friend Joe Denham uh, showed, and I'm going to put Joe Denham's uh, intro song back on this podcast just so people can hear it. But he said he's going to write me a new one since Hannah doesn't do the podcast anymore. And all the intro songs that Matt Price made were for me and Hannah. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to get some fresh ones. And then, you know, the, the podcast is going to get revamped. I've been moving and things that, you know, we're just getting situated. Mm-hmm. It's going to go back to normal. I finally got my setup here again. So it's going to be great. And, um, the um, all right, so I got some questions all from right. some people that maybe you can help answer. Are you going to tell where you're going? Oh yes, where I'm going. Um, I'm going uh, tomorrow. I'm at the Opry tonight. Okay, at the Ryman, and then tomorrow I'm going to Devil's Lake, North Dakota. Whoa! For another corporate gig. Nice. And then, but I mean, throughout the the rest of the year, I mean, because who knows how how frequent the podcast will be, but. Uh, throughout the rest of the year, I'm going to go, uh, I'll be in, uh, Grand Rapids at a corporate gig next week as well. And then I'll be, at, I'll be doing my show December 18th in Zanies, Nashville. Mm-hmm. Uh, the 20th and the 21st, I'll be at Salt Lake City, Utah at Wise Guys. Wise Guys. And then I'll be at Side Splitters the 26th through the 29th. So that'll be the rest of my year. In Tampa. Tampa, yes. Yeah. Great. Which, I love that. I do that club every December now. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, I love it. That's great. What about you? Uh, tomorrow, 
I'm um, in Atlanta with Nate. Okay. At the uh, Cobb Energy Center. And this will be exciting. He Cobb Energy. Yeah. yeah. Cobb Energy. <laughs> yeah. It's a 2,800-seat uh, theater, and he sold it out. So I'm just excited to be on a show with that many people. Yeah. Um, that's, that's a lot of people. So that's, uh, that's tomorrow, and I'm looking forward to that. And then in a couple weeks, I'm at the Comedy Catch in Chattanooga. Not headlining, but but feature. Comedy Catch is a good time, though. Good time. Yeah. And um, so. It is. is a good time. I like the Comedy Catch. Um, but, yeah, it can be a tough room there. I mean, it's like I've, I've done the Comedy Catch where everybody seems like they're on board with me, and then mm-hmm. other times it's like they're like, what's this guy doing up here? <laughs> Yeah, I'm there with a guy I don't I can't I don't know uh, not Frank Del Pisa I think's his name, and but I'm looking forward to meeting him. All right, all right. This is the question. All right, from an anonymous anonymous Twitter Twitter follower that I have. Okay, uh, he says uh, I've been doing stand up for about six months now, just open mics and small showcases, and I've never done the same material twice. Part of it is that I'm trying to find my voice, and part of it is that I don't want to do the same stuff over and over. However, there are a couple of guys in my area who I have seen do the exact same sets every single time that they are on stage. Not one single bit of new material. Over the past couple of months, though, these guys are getting selected to feature for headliners or host clubs or host shows at clubs or are getting selected to perform at festivals, and I'm not getting those invitations. I've gotten a lot of compliments on how often... uh, Oh, I can't read. I've gotten a lot of compliments and often had people ask how I always have new material, but the guys who do the exact same set each time are getting selected over me. So there's the background, and here's my question. What portion of my material should I keep consistent some of my best jokes, or what part should I keep new? If I do new stuff every show, am I not giving people a chance to learn who I am? Um, does that make sense? It does. I have some. All right. So here are my thoughts. Uh, can I go first? Yes. Um, well, first of all, if those guys are getting, I think he said, like some regular work in, in festival hosting, featuring for people at shows, hosting, featuring. Maybe they've been doing it probably more than six months. I feel like there's a there's a balance to do the exact same five minutes for six months. That's pretty excessive. However, I do feel like I was told this, and I think it's good advice. Get you a good five minutes down that you feel confident about that you could do on a show, and you'll get laughs. Some comics try new material every show, and none of it ever gets fleshed out, so they never get any better. Because then they just go on to another bad premise or idea, and I just think you you uh, you got to get the stuff you have, get it better, get it going better, get it tighter, and then you can move on to some new material. I agree. I agree with what you just said. I I think that this is a way to approach it, though. It's like depending on how many open mics you're doing a week or how many are available. Let's say there's one available every night of the week. Yeah. So you're doing and weeknights. So let's say you're doing five open mics a week. I would say come out, you know, write your five minutes that you want to do and then do that five minutes every open mic all that week. Mm -hmm. 
And then next week, and then, you know, make adjustments and go on Monday, right. you do that five minutes, and then uh, you say, all right, this didn't work, this didn't work, this didn't work, let me adjust. Tuesday, try it. Then adjust for Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. And then next week, come at it with maybe not a new five, but, you know, find the jokes that really work, right. and the jokes you never could get. If you couldn't get a joke to get a laugh, I don't know. It's a noise that happens here about once a day. Okay. It seems like a minor explosion that happens somewhere in the house. Yeah, it scared me. I know, but I don't know. All right. Uh, uh, sorry. That, I bet no one on the podcast could hear that. But yeah, there seems like a small explosion happens somewhere in the house about one day a week, about one, <laughs> one time a day. I'm sure it's nothing to worry about. <laughs> I'm sure that security guy who comes by every day, yeah. he has nothing to do with that. Um, so, and then, and then that way, because I agree, you need a good five to ten minutes. That way, if you get a showcase somewhere, mm-hmm. you can pull that five to ten out and mm-hmm. crush. But you also need to be working on new material. So those guys, I agree with you. If they're getting hosting and featuring work, they're probably doing it longer. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, some people get caught up in this is my funny material. Mm-hmm. So they do that every time they get on stage. But th- what that advantage that gives them is when – people see them they go oh wow they're funny right you have to see them four or five times to know that they only have that little bit of material whereas if you're doing something new every time you're never going to get to to really get it its best it could be right i mean some jokes i was watching some some videos of myself from from a few years back and i was pretty embarrassed to learn that i am still doing some of those jokes yeah but also those jokes I'm still doing are so much better now. Mm-hmm. It's incredible how much better they are now. It's embarrassing I've been doing them that long, but at the same time, it's like, wow, they're great now. Right. They weren't great then. They were okay then. Yeah. But they're great now. Yeah. Yeah, I get why it's difficult because these open mics, the same people are everyone, so you feel like, oh, I need to do something different because they've already heard this. It's it's a hard middle thing when you know everyone in the audience may already know the punchline, but you got to work through that and get these jokes tighter so you have some weapons, some tools. Yeah, I think there's that middle ground in between not doing the same set every time right. and not trying new material every time. I've even still endangered that. Sometimes I like to write new material and I'm always in my head like, ah, oh, I'm going to write new stuff. And then I think, well, it's not like anyone at these shows I'm at is ever... It's not like they know my old material. Oh, yeah. So I'm doing a disservice myself if I'm not doing the best 20, 30, whatever time I'm doing up yeah. there. Yeah, I mean, it's like you you want to have... Like when I used to go to a new town and I would do an open mic, or let's just say when I moved to Nashville yeah, and started doing open mics, I was doing hardly no new material in the beginning because I was like, I want everybody in the town to know that I'm funny. So mm-hmm. I'm going to come with the jokes I've been working on for years. Mm-hmm. And then as people get to know me and know that I'm a funny comic, mm-hmm. then I'll start to work on new material. Yeah. So people have to know that you're funny. So that's why developing uh, new material all the time. I mean, it's great to, to have new material, but unless you're saying it over and over again, you're not developing it. Right. Yeah, I I think we agree. All right, so good, and I think that's helpful. Here's something out. This is another guy messaged me, and I appreciate these things. These, and he messaged me 
about, you know, he's a one-liner comic. Okay. And he sent me a set, and he was just asking me, you know, for some advice. Yeah. And um, it was very funny, and he got he got a lot of laughs. In the clip he showed me, he got a lot of laughs. Um, but this is what I said. I said, the one-liner style is hard because even when most of the jokes are funny, as most of yours are, you're still living joke to joke. The audience needs to know a little bit more about you. Uh, I said, try to get personal. Try to break uh, off from one-liners once in a while, if possible. Try to line up. Try to line up your one-liners in a way that tells a story. Uh, Rodney Dangerfield was great at that. He was all one-liners, but he told a story, and right. you had to learn about him. What do you think about that? That's tough because I got a friend uh, who does all one-liners, and when we talk about comedy, and he's asking me how he can advance in clubs or just get more bookings. It's you do need some. He's very funny and he's very creative, but you start off hosting in clubs usually, and there's not many hosts that are up there doing one-liners. Yeah, I just think that like like you gotta. To me, you got to like look at Rodney Dangerfield, right? Yeah. I mean, Rodney Dangerfield was all one-liners, but it was fast-paced, and right. he, you would learn about him right. through those one-liners, right? Like when people are just writing witty, super witty, clever one-liners all right. the time, you don't learn anything about them. Yeah, it's just like here's a really smart, like even you know some guys are super smart about it. It's like so, like here's a super smart joke. Yeah, and it's like, but you start working the road. They're not. They don't want super smart jokes. Yeah. They don't want super dumb jokes. Some do, <laughs> but just somewhere in between, you know. And and then I said this. But if you want to go more Stephen Wright or Mitch Hedberg, you got to get a little weird with it. I said those guys are weird and their jokes are weird. I said you have the weird jokes, but you're a very normal dude. Yeah. I think that Mitch Hedberg. I think his jokes don't work if he's just a regular guy. Right. Right. If he comes out and he's like, yeah, you know, the thing about stairs is the uh, <laughs> thing about an escalator. If it breaks, it's just stairs. You know what I mean? Just take those right up. Yeah. It's not as funny. Yeah. Stephen Wright and Mitch Hedberg, they had an unusual delivery, unusual look. Um, yeah, it's, it's one-liners are tough. And I think that it's also, you know, you got to get out of your comfort zone. Right, it, it's some of the one-liner comics become very popular amongst their open mic scenes. Right, so everybody just waits for the one-liner. They're like, they can't wait. So this person becomes very popular amongst the scene because people know him, mm-hmm. him or her, and and they their jokes. Um, uh, you know, it's like they don't they don't really develop because everybody already knows them. Right, and when you go to a new scene, people don't care about it. But then also, I feel like this particular comic is not doing a lot of open mics. Yeah. So he's not so embraced by the local community. I feel like the people he sees at the open mics he does go to embrace him. Yeah. And I like him. Yeah. But I feel like you got to go to the ones that make you uncomfortable and learn to make those people laugh. Like when Bobby's was a thing, mm-hmm. I there was always a few old men in there. <laughs> and that's who I wanted to make laugh. Right. The comics, great. I'm happy I get to make them laugh. But yeah. I wanted to make those old men laugh. Yeah. And, um, you know, I feel like there's few comics in the scene here that either won't do open mics at all or they'll only do the ones that make them comfortable. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah. Um, I know what you're saying. One-liner comics, because they are so uh, original and they're the ones that make the comics in the back of the room laugh the most a lot of times. Yes. But um, it's hard to translate that to real pain shows, quite frankly. Yeah, I mean, and that, I think that even go, you know, if you're trying to be a comic, it's all about, you know, what is it that you're trying to do? Yeah. Are, are you trying to get paid to do a club? Then, you know, you got to look at, you know, like the, back to the first question, it's like, you got to look at, you know, all right, so you see the guys getting the paid work who are never repeating or never doing any new jokes, mm-hmm. but they're getting paid work. Mm-hmm. So do that. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then, like you know, the the one liner comic, it's like he's not getting enough gigs, but other people around him are getting gigs. So it's like, what are they doing to get gigs? Yeah. There's also a comic in town who you know, and if he listens to the podcast, I mean, he'll know exactly who we're talking about. But he uses cards a lot. There's yeah. two of two comics in town that use cards. Right. One is trying to get work. The other is just I don't know. Actually, I don't know what he does for a job. Right. But um. You know, I know he's been given the advice from a couple of different people. Yeah. Lose the cards. Yeah. And he says, well, the cards are me. Yeah. And on, on one on one hand, I respect this uh, idea of yeah. this is your style. You want to stick to it. I get yeah. it. But on the other hand, it just looks like you're using notes. Right. Yeah. And he also says, and I get this too, he has so many one-liners that memorizing all those jokes would be really hard, but... I just think that's a crutch, though. Yeah. Because it's like, you, you that's why you string them together to keep the subjects. Like, if you that's have true. 40 jokes about fishing, uh, and they're all one-liners, just put them together, and then you got a fishing bit. <laughs> that's true. Yeah. But I think, you know, if you're using cards, I think the type of thing, you come out, you do a few jokes, not that you have memorized, and then pull out the cards. Mm-hmm. That's what... Cody will do. Yep. And he'll come out and do a joke or two and he'll go, I'm Cody Marley and <laughs> these are the jokes. Yep. You know. Here are the jokes. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, you know, but I don't think, I don't even know what Cody, I mean, Cody just pops up and does his jokes. I don't yeah. know. He used to write for. I think he's sort of submitted some jokes that have been used for Leno and yeah. different places. That's and pretty fun. Things like that. But I don't know what he does for a living either, to be honest with you. I think he has a twin brother. Really? Yeah. Fascinating. Yeah. All right. So we got those questions. Any other? Uh, any other? It, let's see if I had some, somebody else was texting me today. Let's see if they had um, any uh, any questions. Um. Oh, someone asked me today. They said, um, uh, "I thought this was a funny question, and I'll tell you the answer I gave him." Okay. He said. Um, do you have an episode on your podcast that explains how to get people to come to your shows? And I said, who knows how to do that? <laughs> That's what I said. I want to listen to that one. <laughs> right, right. Uh, uh, and he told me he printed out flyers. So this is what I'll say. Yeah. Uh, I'll say, my opinion, flyers do not work. I don't want to discourage anybody from because what flyers do do is they make you feel good and productive Yeah. if you print them and then go pass them out. I would say, though, if you spend 50 bucks on a flyer, you're better off putting a funny stand-up video on Facebook and paying 50 bucks to boost it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I would say that's that's true. I was just thinking about, uh, well, uh, you know, Gary Goldman posts those tips. 
Oh, yeah. Each day. And he posted one recently. It wasn't his tip. Someone else told him. But I've heard it before. You just need a 1,000 fans to make it as a comedian. Have you ever heard this? No. And the argument is a 1,000 fans will get you everything that you need if they're just loyal. Um, and it goes on to explain why that is. Uh, well, what, what, what does he say about it? <clears throat> well, just, I mean... Um, a thousand loyal fans would, uh, I mean, I guess it depends on what your goals are and things like that, but you, you can pack out clubs. You can, uh, a thousand in every city. No, a thousand total. <laughs> okay. Um, I, I don't, I'm not following the logic. I mean, I'd love to have a thousand loyal fans, but I'm not, I mean, if I, if I'm in, you know, New Jersey one day and then, uh, Arizona the next, I think his thinking is, uh, I should have I should have delved more into this before I brought it up on this podcast. But that's okay. I sprung it, the advice section on you like this. All right. Well, let's talk about this. Let's change gears. What's a movie that you've seen lately, new or old, that you really liked? Okay. Um, new. I saw um, this movie called Dark Waters. It's out now. It stars Mark Ruffalo. Okay. It's uh, based on a true story about. An environmental attorney who went up against DuPont, and DuPont was allegedly. Okay. Well, I like Aaron Brockovich better. I'm sure. Well, they're similar. I mean, in the fact that it's environmental, but yeah, DuPont was poisoning this farmer's water, and his cattle were dying. And um, this farmer convinced this environmental attorney to take on the case, and he went up against DuPont. Mark Ruffalo is far too. Uh, dramatic for me. Okay. I like him as the Incredible Hulk, but when he's the Hulk. <laughs> <laughs> All right. And then, oh, sorry. Oh, no. Uh, oh, let, let, all right. I'll say this is a new one that I watched, okay. only part of it. All right. Uh, and on an airplane. Okay. Uh, I watched uh, Spider Man Far From Home. Okay. I'm not into it. No, me neither. I'm not into it. Like, that was my least favorite of the Spider-Mans. Jake Gyllenhaal or whatever. It's like, I'm not into him. When he was Bubble Boy, I loved him. But that's What's it. Bubble Boy? Bubble Boy, Jake Gyllenhaal was bu- Bubble Boy. He was... Is that a movie? It's a comedy. Yeah, he was, um, you know, born without immunity. So okay. his parents had him in a bubble. And it had, you know, um, Danny Trejo was in it. All right. Um, a few other people. Great movie. Yeah. Very fun. I didn't like Far From Home as much either. Just the whole premise of how, who even the bad guys were was just a little too much for me, a little too far-fetched. Yeah, like multi-generational, like multi-verse things. And then, and then you know, his I, I can't stand Peter Parker. Like this whole, I'm Spider-Man, but I'm also an insecure teenager. Yeah. I can't deal with it. In high school, had I been given super Spider-Man powers, my confidence would have been boosted all the way around. All right. I mean, but the fact that he can't talk to Mary J or Mary Mary Jane, Jane. uh, it's like, get it together, dude. You probably should never watch a Spider-Man movie then. That's kind of been Peter Parker. I know. I know. I can't stand it. I liked the first Spider-Man. Uh, who was that guy? Um, Tobey Maguire? Tobey Maguire. I liked it, but I could not stand this, well, I'm, I'm so insecure. I, I don't know how I'll ask her on a date. It's like, you're Spider-Man, dude. But he can't tell her that. 
Yeah, but it gives you a little confidence to know that, hey, I got this special power that I So do. did you like Christopher Reeve version of Superman? Uh, I used to, but I tried to watch idiot? it not too long ago, yeah. and it's pretty terrible. Okay. For the same reason? Like, come on, do your Superman. Yeah. That's why I like the new Superman. He wasn't like that. Yeah. I think that was just, it's kind of an old premise now, but at the time, that was very, like, how unique is this, that Superman is an insecure, oh, yeah. playing idiot, you know? He wasn't even really insecure. He was just playing that role, but that was the funny part. Yeah, I mean, because even, like, just comedy, like, comedy is not even a superpower, but just my ability, like, when I started to be able to make entire audiences laugh, yeah. it improves my confidence in the rest of my life. Huh. So, so I just think that's what Spider-Man would happen to Spider-Man. <laughs> See, I think that's why I identify with him, because I still <laughs> feel very... But I haven't had the success you've had, so maybe that's the problem. Well, I mean, I, I mean, like prior to any of that, just yeah. the success of being able to make a full audience laugh just boosted my confidence all the way around. Like because I was like, you know, a fairly successful pesticide salesman <laughs> uh, or a pretty good waiter. Yeah. Uh, but then all of a sudden, I was actually, you know, on lineups with people where I would be the funniest one sometimes, and I'm like, this is a confidence boost to me. Mm-hmm. I've had shows where I feel like I've just done great the whole time. They love me, and I feel on top of the world. And then I, as soon as I get off stage and the show's over and they come up and talk to me, I feel like I'm awkward. I don't know what to say. Oh, yeah, but see, the great thing about it is is you're allowed to be awkward. You know, That's why it's inc- great to have things that you say. You just need a few key phrases. You know, yeah. Like you could say, hey, we had a good time up there. You know, <laughs> hey, I had a good time. I, yeah. <laughs> all right. You know, I, I, yeah, like okay. That. I'll try those. Yeah, you need just a few little things that you say to people. All right. A couple of catchphrases. Then you don't have to get into full-on conversations. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, a movie, you said a new one and an old one. An old yeah. one that I rewatched recently, and I texted you about this, was uh, Urban Cowboy. Oh, yeah. Oh, that's great because that leads me into the movie I want to talk about. But go ahead and talk about Urban Cowboy. I love Urban Cowboy. Um, it's just, it's a fun movie. John Travolta was fun in it. There's some really good side characters in there. I feel like some authentic, um, you know, it's set in, in Texas, but still, so, I mean, that's Southern. Southern authentic uh, voices in there and yeah. phrases. And then it's a big part of it's at Gillies. Um, and uh, it's just great music in it. I think the soundtrack in it is so good. Charlie Daniels makes an appearance at the end. Yeah. Yeah, it's and just a mechanical a, bull. It's a mechanical bull. That was a very popular thing back in the early 80s. It's well, that, awesome. the reason that it leads me into the movie that I want to talk about, and you informed me of this, is that the same girl. In that, Deborah Winger. Deborah Winger is also the girl from the movie An Officer and a Gentleman. Yeah. Which I recently watched. Yeah. And for weeks, I could not stop thinking about it. Really? The movie was so, I mean, I had never watched it fully. Yeah. And at the beginning of the movie, in the, the very opening scene, I was like, oh, this seems stupid. Yeah. I just was like, I'm not going to like this. Yeah. But I kept watching it. It's got Lou Gossett Jr. Um, and um, Richard Gere. Full disclosure, I've never seen it. Oh, it's unbelievable. The way it ends, it ends with 
like three quarters of the way in, pretty extreme sadness. Mm-hmm. Very end happiness, mm-hmm. and I'm like, I'm like perfect movie. And what I like about the movie is like, you know, Richard Gere is a pretty well known, good looking dude. Yeah, but the rest of the people in the movie were just average looking people. Yeah, like even Deborah Winger, she's not a supermodel. Right. She's a regular looking woman. Yeah. I'm so tired of, of, so it's like in this movie, it really made Richard Gere stand out as an attractive dude. Mm -hmm. But I just am so tired of like every movie, everybody's a supermodel. (laughs) It's like, it's just not realistic Mm -hmm. and it's just boring. Yeah. You need like regular looking people in this movie is basically about a guy who goes to, you know, he's a troubled guy and he joins the, uh, the Marines and, and, and he goes to uh, Marine school, and then uh, him and his buddy, they meet these two girls, and they start dating, and um, and then, you know, stuff unfolds. I don't want to give things away. Yeah, don't give it away. I want to go watch it. I mean, it's on Amazon, Amazon Prime, and, and, and I watched it, and I was, I mean, literally for days, I almost exclusively just thought about this movie. Wow. And then weeks later, I was still thinking about it. Wow. What about it made you keep thinking about it? Well, it's got a good ending, real emotional kind of thing. Okay. It really, really locked me in, and it felt happy. But I just connected with it. I feel like movies now, they don't. there's no real like slow development. I've been watching the TV show Columbo. I yeah. bought a bunch of DVDs. Yeah. And those will be like an hour or more long each episode. Right. And sometimes it moves very slow. But it's taking time to build characters and build a story. Now everything's so fast. It's like boom, boom, boom. It's like you don't really get to develop anything. I think the DVD industry thanks you for still buying DVDs. Oh, I buy. I have three DVD cases over there almost completely full. Wow. And... I love them. And because now what's happening is uh, is like in order to develop a story, you have to have what happened with Marvel where they have, you know, um, 10 years of movies Mm -hmm. to be able to get into the characters. Mm -hmm. You have to have an origin story for each character. Mm -hmm. Whereas, you know, used to be just, you know, you learn who these characters are throughout one movie. They tell a real authentic story. And then you're done. <laughs> you didn't watch Game of Thrones, did you? No. Yeah, you were very against that, right? Yeah, I'm against all of those. That that craze that was happening, Game of Thrones, Sons of Anarchy, uh, the vampire one, True Blood. Was it True Blood? Or the zombie one? Well, there's both. Uh, True Blood was vampire, but are you talking about uh, Walking Dead? Walking Dead. Yeah. yeah, I was against all of those. Sons of Anarchy, that's a motorcycle movie, right? I think it was a motorcycle show. Okay, what's the theme here that you're against? Because I thought you were going to be like, oh, I'm against wizards and dragons and zombies. Oh, no, see, I'm not against wizards and dragons. I like Lord of the Rings. Okay. Um, I am against just this... Popular... Yeah, this, this is what WWF used to be, or WWE, WCW. This is what it used to be, is it's like you get... You know, you get an hour-long show once a week with no real resolution. Yeah. And then the season ends with a little bit of resolution, but still getting you into next season. Right. I want, I need a full wrap-up 
Sometimes you need a because you'll watch these shows forever with no real ending, and then the last episode's terrible. Everybody complains about it, right? And that's because you've never had an ending during this show. And then when it finally had to end, it's like it's like telling uh, a long joke with one punchline at the end. That punchline better be the best mm-hmm. punchline or you've wasted everyone's time. Mm-hmm. That's what I feel is happening with all these shows. That's why everybody talks about Breaking Bad as this great show. It's because it actually had a good ending. Mm-hmm. It ended well. Mm-hmm. But... You know, like W. This is what happened to me. I used to watch WCW all the time, WWF all the time as a kid, and it would be four pay per views a year, quarterly. So you would have an ongoing story that would go week to week, mm-hmm. and then at the end of the quarter, mm-hmm. they would wrap up all that drama. You would get resolution, right? And then you would start a new start thing. all over. Yep. But one, I remember as, as in high school, I ordered one WCW championship, one pay per view. And at the and then the the pay per view ended with some BS with some somebody cheating and then the drama carried on. They were like, you know, come back Monday to mm. find and and that's when I was done. Mm. I was like, if you're not if if I got to pay you forty dollars and you're not going to give me any resolution, I'm done with it. Mm. I'm also done with Marvel now. I mean, I watched Spider Man because I was on an airplane. Yeah, I may watch Guardians of the Galaxy if they do a third one. Yeah, but I'm done with it now because I did ten years. They gave me a good ending, except for time travel stuff is weird. But they gave me a good ending. Mm-hmm. I'm out of it. Okay. I'm out. All right. Well, I got you fired up there. Sorry. Um, well, anyway, I watched Game of Thrones. and uh, Oh, did you like them? I did. I thought, to your original point from about five minutes ago about character development, uh I thought they did a really great job of slow character development where you got to know, and then the last two seasons, they had to wrap everything up, and then they just started speeding things up really fast where everything moved a lot faster, and it just did not end well. Yeah, that's what I heard. I mean, I just heard everybody the next day talking about how they were like, did you see the last Game of Thrones? They were like, don't waste your time. Yeah. So it's like, that's what kills me is it's like, you're gonna you're gonna lure me in with a great story and then just drop me off at the end. Mm-hmm. That's what I heard about the Sopranos. Like I, I I always wanted to get into that show. Yeah, I loved it. But then once I hear the ending was so terrible, I was like, well, why even get into it? Yeah, Sopranos. It's a pretty good show, though. Was it? Yeah, I've watched a little bit of it. Yeah, I like the mafia stuff. I do get into the mafia stuff. Oh, I just watched The Irishman. Oh, okay. All right. How was that? Um, you know what? I probably didn't watch it. The, well, I know I didn't watch it the correct way, which would be all at once. It's so long. How long is it? I keep hearing everybody make jokes about how long it is. Three and a half hours. Wow, that's too long. That's so, jeez. Yeah, so I would split it up. I would watch. You know. So is this Martin Scorsese's like last film? No, I, I don't think that necessarily. But I guess. All, they're all so old that everyone knows it. Well, it could be. Certainly probably the last time they're all together. I guess when you get Robert De Niro, um, Al Pacino, uh, let's see, who, who are all the guys? Um, Joe Pesci. Joe Pesci. I mean, those are the big three, but then there's also like... Uh, the the mis- Mr. Fox or Mr. Wolf from... Uh, um, well, I might have run a blank. Pulp Fiction. Yeah, uh, Harvey Keitel. Harvey Keitel. I'm drawing a blank on Ray Romano. Ray Romano. Sebastian Maniscalco. Yeah, he's in it. Uh, there's a lot of other side characters that I've seen in other mafia movies or like, 
you know, Sopranos. So when you get them all together in a movie, you're like, let's make this. Yeah. I want to watch it now. I had no idea. The way people were talking about it, I thought it was a, a series. No, it's uh, it's good, but I just... I split it up, so I feel like it took away a lot of it because, oh, yeah. you know, watching like three different settings. Yeah, you got to get into it. But they're all great actors, for sure. But when I was done with it, to be honest with you, I was kind of like, I don't know if that was that great. Yeah. Well, that's how I feel about so many movies now. I mean, there's. I want to see The Joker. I haven't seen that. Have you seen that? Twice. You liked it, obviously? Yeah, I had a friend that's like, come on, go see with me again. I mean, he hadn't seen it, and he asked me to go, and and uh, yeah, I liked it. Yeah, I'm going to want to watch that. Um, but all right, uh, I've also <laughs> watched Amazon Prime. I watch a lot of older movies. I, I, I watch 90s movies. I've, mm-hmm. been, I've been really digging those. I just watched The Big Lebowski again. I feel like I'm finally smart enough to really appreciate The Big Lebowski. The first time I watched it was in the early 2000s. And I was like, this movie sucks. Well, that's interesting because I had a similar experience. I did not see it. It became a cult, has a cult following. So mine was in the mid-2000s, and I've been hearing about it for years. And my friends, you know how that is. You get together with your buddies, and they know every line already from a movie. Oh, yeah. They already worship a movie, and then you watch it. And I was kind of like disappointed myself, kind of like. Right. I bet if I watch it now, I would really enjoy the it. The more you watch it, the better it gets. I yeah. mean, it's really a good – because at the end of the movie, as I was thinking about it this time watching it, I thought, well, they didn't really give any resolution uh, to to what happened. But but as, I, as it was going off, I was thinking, well, you just can put the pieces together of how everything panned out and how I can imagine – uh, the, the, at the at the crux of it all, the guy just lost a rug. So you got to imagine Maud, the girl he ends up, you know, sleeping mm-hmm. with him, I guess impregnating, uh, who's rich, yeah. buys him a new rug. And that's all he lost in the beginning was the rug. Yeah. Uh, throughout the movie, his car got destroyed, but his car was pretty crappy anyway. But See, I can't even remember it enough to... Uh, I remember Julianne Moore's in it. Yeah, that's Maud. That would be Maud. Okay. And right. uh, yeah, Julianne Moore is great. I really like her a lot. Mm-hmm. Uh, who was the uh, Tara Reed was in that? Was she? Yeah, I do need to watch it again. Yeah, it's great. It really is good. And um, but I think uh, this is maybe the longest podcast I've ever done. <laughs> it feels really long. And uh, I've really enjoyed it, though. I've had a good time. Good. I mean, it's like, it's great. I had Since Brian stood me up for lunch, he comes over, <laughs> and uh, we just start the podcast right away. So this is just us kind of talking. Yeah. But this is great. I, I hope that people enjoy this because I haven't done a podcast in a while, and I want to do better about it. But with moving and then my wife dropping out of the podcast, I'm not blaming her, but with her not doing it, it's uh, it's harder to keep it going. Yeah. I thought it would be easy because I'm like, well, I just record it any time. Right. But now what happens is if no one's doing it with me, I'm just sitting here in a chair talking to no one. Yeah. I, I, this is what I want to do. I want to get the podcast set up in a way where I can go live on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube all at once and just do a live podcast. And take questions? And take questions. I need a producer. So if you're listening to this and you live in Nashville and you want to produce my podcast, reach out to me, dusty.slay at gmail.com. I'll pay you 
Uh, if you're still listening at this point, you deserve it. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> you are a true fan. <laughs> but yeah, you know you love the podcast. It's a great podcast. All right, so Brian Bates, uh, if you are still listening, tell people how they, they can find you. Um, you can find me um, I'm, uh, boy, I'm drawing a break. Brian Bates Comic on Facebook and Instagram. Um, and Brian Bates Comedy on uh, Twitter and BrianBatesComedy.com, my website. Yeah, and check him out. Brian Bates is all over the place. <laughs> yeah. He is all over the place, yeah. Thank you. Yeah. Uh, he's opening for the the Bargazzi family quite a bit. <laughs> and uh, Pretty soon I'll be opening for Nate's daughter. Yeah. So, all right. Well, thank you, and we're having a good time. <laughs>